Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Valley. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Shangri-La Rendon. Good afternoon. Good morning to you, I should say. Well, thank you, uh, Mighty Pete. I really love your name, Mighty Pete. Absolutely. Uh, you got to name yourself. Why not? So, I mean, listen, yourself, obviously, you come across as Feisty Fox, I think, is, is your uh, social media handle, if I remember rightly. Yes, uh, it's Feisty Fox, Shangri-La Feisty Fox, a.k.a. Feisty Fox, basically, yeah. Well, tell us first of all, where does Feisty Fox come from? Give us the fun side of it. Sure, 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 sure. Well, uh, Feisty Fox, actually, uh, how it came about is when, when actually, when I was... Um, finding out like, okay, uh, I need some, some screen name of like, how would people know more about me? And Feisty Fox came about because uh, when I was trying to achieve big goals, people are like looking at me like, what is she doing? <laughs> She's an engineer. And I'm, why, why is she doing all this crazy races? And she used to not know how to swim or not even know, um, have a bike. And then so they started calling me like Feisty. Because the thing about it is that what I did is like, I just closed my ear. Well, I cover my ears. Now, I don't know if you can close your ears, but I cover my ears and then just put on the work. So, but they're like feisty, but in more in a word, like the, in a positive way that I'm more of the energetic and just a go-getter. And I just connected Feisty Fox. And from there, they started calling me Feisty Fox. And that's how I, <laughs> that's, that's where it came from. You gotta love it. Listen, nothing wrong with branding, and that's what it's all about. You know, it says, it says it perfectly. So, tell us, give us a bit of background. Who are you? What do you do? And where are you from? Sure. Um, uh, my name is Shangri-La Rendon, and I'm a Guinness World Record holder. Back in uh, uh, in 2015, when I made the world record as the fastest female to complete five Ironman in five consecutive days. So, for those who who have now, who doesn't know what Ironman is, so Ironman is consists of 2.4 mile swim. 112 mile bike in a full marathon. And in 2015, what I did is actually five of those in consecutive days. I just wanted to finish without planning for a world record. I made the Guinness world record as the fastest female. And uh, just recently, actually a um, couple weekends ago, I made my second world record. So I'm a two-time world record holder. Um, I was, um, I had 15 years of engineering experience, but now I'm a full-time coach and that's what I do. So I'm a full-time coach helping athletes, individuals in, in around the world in achieving their ultimate goal in sports, health, and fitness. Um, I was also a non-athlete, not knowing how to swim, not owning a bike or just running here and there 10 years ago, transforming to who I am right now, a professional athlete and a coach uh, helping uh, individuals. I'm also a best-selling author, which I just actually published my book this year. And recently it just got my audio version of that book actually just got released. So, and I'm also a motivational speaker. What's your favorite thing out of all that then? What's your go-to? Um, 
on all of those, my favorite thing about what I do or who I am right now is actually helping individuals. That's the main main thing. Like when I do something, it's like, how can I help others? Because if I'm just thinking about myself, it's really hard. It's actually hard for me. And that's actually my motivation. How can I help others? And then now, and then with that, how can I help others with my crea- creative, crazy uh, ideas? That's when I started like mixing it all up to make something big. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. I mean, just to, to really get out there. So what, what's your ultimate goal then? My ultimate goal is to help as many individuals as I can globally. So I'm not just thinking about Los Angeles or just California where I'm at right now, but actually to make difference globally and have a big impact. Uh, back in 2015, uh, you know, my, I had this calling wherein um, I'm actually okay because I because of my horrible past. And and then when I realized back in 2015, I'm actually okay. I need to do something big to help others, but how can I do it? Why would they care about me? And then when I say, because uh, when that calling, it's because when um, I already recovered uh, from my past. And then, so for me, it's more of to help individuals who are also still struggling of what I did struggle in the past, which is PTSD, abuse, uh, suicidal ideation, alcohol addiction, eating disorder. And then from there, to fast forward to now, now I can show to people that things are possible, that life can be beautiful, and they can see that through what I've done in the past years and then what I'm doing right now. So again, it goes back to my purpose, which is to help as many individuals and bring positive impact globally. Well, that's I mean, fair play to you. That's that's a that's a big mission and a great goal. You know, in, in general, are you? Say it again. Sorry. I said it helps me in a way, actually, hmm. because that's it makes me happy, and uh, it helps me, you know, um, continue with my recovery and healing of the past. So, actually, so actually, who I am. <laughs> Where are you at on that journey? I mean, what what stage are you at in terms of with dealing with the past and the future? So, with my past, I'm over it, which is great, and that actually started uh, 2015. When I finally have closure in the past, I was able to give more because the love that I have, taking care of myself, knowing more about what I really want and what makes me happy, I want to give that to others. And uh, so where I'm at, it's closed. However, it doesn't mean that it's perfect. I'm still continuously learning and making sure that I'm good and you know, just always getting better, actually. That's and you know, in the future, I use my goal or my purpose of helping others to make me stay in a good path. There you go. I like that. I mean, would you, would you generally now be motivated in terms of, um, you know, away from goals? So making sure that things don't happen again, or are you, are you in curious more about your potential in the future? Um, my future, basically it consists of other people. So, as of right now, I don't think that that would change because that's been how I've been. And also because of all the goals that I've set, it's just, it's something bigger than myself. So, um, which is exciting, which is exciting. 
because uh, I actually get involved with uh, working with people, which is what I love. And I think that's how life should be. And it's not more of a loner, kind of like how I was back then. Oh, wow. That's quite a shift. I look forward to this. So tell <laughs> us, what does uh, fire in the belly mean to you? Say it again. Uh, Mike. What, does, what does fire in the belly mean to you? Oh, okay. Fire in the belly. Actually, it's fire in everything. <laughs> For me, it's fire in everything, but I love the belly because it reminds me of food <laughs> or just like mm, yummy food. Uh, fire in the belly to me is basically being getting out there, being so fat, passionate, fearless, and just being embracing who we are and not trying to please other people, but embracing who we are, whether that's good or bad but embracing who we are and being on fire to spread the passion that I or the person have. So I think, you know, fire the bell is actually really perfect to, <laughs> to what I'm doing. Do you, I mean, do you know who you are? Have you, have you got to that stage now? Yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, as I said earlier, who I am is someone who's, who's on, uh, at service looking for help, to, pe uh, to help people, to dream big, to not stop myself for being whoever I want to be, because it could change. So sometimes like, I'm like, I'm this, I want to be the best athlete I can be, but then you know what? I want to be, sometimes I would be like, I want to be with my family, you know, like just spend time. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I have to wait for like after a year, like each day I, I wear different hats. And to me, um, as a whole person, who I am is someone who's striving to be the best person every single day. And, uh, and then that best actually vary because it also depends on the circumstance. Sometimes a lot of people actually scare away from being the word best because they, they think of it as a high expectation. But to me, my best vary because it depends on the circumstance. Sometimes it's just so hard, but the best is actually being the best at that circumstance or that day. And uh, yeah, so simple um, who I am is that person looking for happiness, always wanted to be prioritizing happiness, uh, love and purpose. That happiness is really a big factor for me. I gotta be happy on anything that I commit to. And when I commit to something, it has to be like my best. Mm. <laughs> Good Would question, you... Mikey Pete. <laughs> oh, that's what it's all about. So would that be the same as your values then? I mean, that sort of, you know, that happiness, love and purpose, is, is they one and the same? Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that before, because of my past, I had to work on myself. And at, in the, my past, I didn't know who I was because I had to numb my emotions and go with what other people wanted. So that's why, you know, like right now, I'm very in tune whether I'm happy or not. And even on my goals, sometimes goals change. And then I always like just revisit, you know, like ask myself, am I still happy? Am I still happy? And if I'm not, maybe I'm doing something different or maybe I should do, you know, like I just, just like kind of like, uh, but still the same goal, but just the method of how to get there. So, but yeah, uh, that, those are just intertwined, the values in who I am. I mean, would you, would you describe yourself as being, I mean, are you your true self or, you know, or is the gap between who you are and who you truly are? Um, yeah, no, there's no gap. 
it is, it, I'm, I'm glad I got to where I got right now. Mm. Uh, and, and I think it's more because I have committed to the happiness and actually embracing myself. And of course, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. So I'm still continuously, you know, like there's this thing that I'm like, oh, I don't really want to be that person. So, but then, you know, like I'll work on it. So, so those things, like, for example, sometimes I get impatient. <laughs> I just want everything right now. So yeah, so that one, it could, you know, that's something that I'm working on. So, or just, yeah, because I'm a go-getter. <laughs> like just, or like sometimes I would be like, you know what? I can do anything, <laughs> but then I have to stop myself because I have to prioritize. Well, what is that? I can do anything. You cannot do anything all at the same time. <laughs> so those are the things. Uh, I think those are at least, at least to me, I think just being happy, it actually helps me to prioritize because uh, when, when, when I put a lot in my plate and I'm not happy and that's not, that's not good either. What does happiness look like for you? Something that it's easy. It's easy for me to express self-expression adventure, just uh, being with people like the relationship of having that strong and being present to me, uh, being present is so important because when, when I'm present, I could really feel the value of that person or what I'm doing at that present moment. You know, if I lose that present presence, you know, being present, um, it's not good. <laughs> I have to like take me back to the present. Out of interest, I mean, how, how are you with yourself? I mean, how's the inner chatter? Oh, good question. Inner chatter. Uh, let me see. Oh, okay. Yeah. There, 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 that come, that comes up, that comes up and I have to do another inner chatter of the positive me wherein, you know, like for example, I didn't do enough for today. I could be possibly saying that, you know, like to me, there's this inner chatter of, uh, how time is important that, you know, like sometimes I don't feel productive. But the thing about it is that I don't, I have to realize and actually make that and be mindful that to give myself a pat on the back to actually, you know, that little thing. So I do a little, you know, little task we're in whenever, even whether small or big that I achieve on that, or like I'm happy, I try to put a note there on my pad. And just so at least by the end of the day, I could actually recall, I did my best today and that's all I can do. So let's move forward. But yeah, so that inner chatter of time is not enough or you didn't do enough uh, or you could have done better. So um, I having those little action of actually taking note of what what had happened in the, in, uh, on that day and putting us uh, a pat on my back helps. You know, that's great. I mean, that's yeah. Being being nice to yourself is obviously a, is a key part, you know, it's. Yeah. Do, do you recognize yourself now compared to obviously even when you were a child? I mean, is that? Oh, um, when I look back when I was a child or when I was growing as a young adult, what I'm really happy about that is a big change is that I'm able to speak up for myself. And because, and that only happened when I actually accepted, like truly, when I say truly accept myself was that back in 2015. And I realized, cause before, before like my past is more of like, I'm, I'm on a defense mode. Like someone's going to hurt me 
or like, I gotta be on top of my game. I gotta show that I'm the best. And I was hiding this other persona of me that struggling with my horrible past. But then as soon as I accepted that, that my past is actually really part of me and actually say and have that voice to share that, that actually got me stronger. And then now I now compared to how I was in the past where I didn't have a voice, it's completely now, it's completely different ever since I realized that that past and who I am right now, it's one together and I need to speak for it so I can help others and to bring me happiness. It's kind of like going back to the past and going around and in the future, it's like all, <laughs> all together. So, so yeah, um, that's, that's a big thing, having the voice because uh, when I was a kid, I mean, being sexually abused by many men from five years old to not doing anything uh, to 19 years old, I didn't tell anyone about the abuse. So when I didn't tell anyone about the abuse, I lost myself. So now knowing who I, I, I couldn't imagine, like, how could I not talk to anyone? And then now knowing who I am right now, where I speak, my, uh, speak up for myself, that's a completely, complete change, complete change. Do you know why you didn't speak up? I didn't know that I needed to. <laughs> mm. It's a taboo. It's a taboo. I was ashamed. I was guilty. I was a kid. No one taught me. To me, it's more of like, it's much better to keep it to myself and to show what my parents wanted me to do, which is cool, which is to achieve the goals, the education. That's what I was doing. Or the, to show that I'm happy. And also because I was growing up, it's all, you know, like, oh, it sh I should always be happy. And then so, so during those times, it was like my emotions or like my facial emotions are all mixed up. So I, I, I honestly, yeah, I didn't know how. And I didn't know that I needed help either until the sexual assault happened when I was 24 years old. So that was, you know, five years after. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to process, I suppose. And, and <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, looking back now, I mean, what's what what could or would be done in retrospect? Yeah. Um, when I was, I guess, honestly, when I was back in nineteen years old, when I actually, you know, nineteen years old, when I actually spoke up just at least, you know, in my own little circle, which is family. And, uh, and it was hard because, you know, I thought when I speak up, everything's going to end, like I'd be happy, but I didn't because I didn't get the compassion that I needed. And I, and then, so what I did is more of like, okay, society wants or what society thinks that I need to do is also just be, be good at, you know, a career making money, going up to the ladder. And that's what I did. Um, so what I did was basically I was, I was dealing with two things all throughout the year, uh, all throughout the many, many years, uh, which is, you know, me being a great engineer, really good at it, getting the master's degree, even in, in the best school, the UCLA and going up to the ladder to the manager, like really like leading hundred people or more than a hundred. And then at the same time, you know, dealing with my past. So it was very hard. It took 
I don't know, 10, 20 years to get to where I was at. It's basically, you know, um, the past, accepting the past, which is 19, speaking up for myself. And then the next thing is that the, the other turning point is that, okay, I need to work on myself. And then after working on myself, I'm ready to give. So there's like, there's different uh, chapters of my life that I needed to do to be okay, to be okay. It was a long journey and I'm, I'm glad I got to where I am right now because uh, I mean, back in 17 years old, all those teen years, I almost ended my life too. So, um, and then when I was, um, when I was dealing with alcohol and eating disorder, I mean, I, I got to the rock bottom that, or even when I was actually diagnosed with PTSD, and I hated everyone. I hated everyone, including my parents. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was really, it was really hard, but I got through it, <laughs> but I got through it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, I am the way I am right now. And I actually got through my past and now I'm able to help others. And that's actually my driving, uh, my, my drive, because I, I know exactly how much I had to deal with, with my past, wherein I felt like I didn't care, like I was a living dead. And, um, and then from there, since I, it's so vivid that I know how I was, and then now I've transformed myself to who I am right now. Like, hey, I realized like, hey, there's a lot more other people just like me. And I'm sure they don't talk about it either because they're, they could be ashamed just like how I was. And then, so that's my driving, uh, you know, that's my motivation. I said like, I gotta do something. I gotta do something to speak my story so that I can help people because there are different ways to actually help people. It could be, you know, hey, you could do it or motivate, you could do it, other people could do it, but it's different when they show it in you, the passion of how, you, or me being the living person who, who had to go through all the, my past. And then look, here I am. Here's the bacon, here's the bacon, here's the win. If I was able to do it, I know it was hard, but I was able to do it. I know you could do it too. And I'm sure you could even exceed and be, you know, achieve your dreams. So that's, and I, to me, it's, it's really, really great to, to me to get to where I am right now, uh, to actually be able to help others. And at the same time, to just continue living, you know, who I really am. Do you, I mean, have you ever been yourself in the, in the past as such? Or, I mean, was there ever a point when you were the true you and then things changed? Uh, can you rephrase that question? Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious. That. I mean, some people, you know, I suppose it's through childhood, typically people would sort of say, well, that's just, that's just me. And then something happens when there's almost a split between who I truly am and who I need to be. Sure. Um, it was the uh, 2015 when I actually when I had that calling, that purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, so what what happened was that uh, let me tell you what happened. It was like a it was like a ha aha moment. It was a calling. It was like that split of a moment, <laughs> and uh, it was this moment. So what I had to go through is at least ten years of working on myself. It's it was long. It was long. So that was when I um, that was actually about five six years ago. 
So I was sitting on my computer and, you know, I was like sitting, I already, I, I got my master's degree in uh, engineering. I was a manager, you know, top of the, of the industry. And I was, I'm like, oh, I'm earning well. My family's great. I've, I, you know, my, I've, I've improved my relationship with my family. And so I feel, I felt the love and, and then I was sitting and I'm like, oh, wow. And then I look around, I am okay. You know, I have my job, I have this, I have this. I'm not the same person as I was then we're in, you know, I had to struggle with the PTSD, the depression, the alcohol addiction. And, uh, and then, so that was, you know, just to realize how blessed I am. That was the turning point to really realize. And, you know, like sometimes like, Oh, I'm blessed, but we need, I, I needed to do that. Like I, I am really blessed. And then when I realized that, that's when I like, Oh, there's a lot more other people that's still, you know, struggling. That was the turning point. And then I said to myself, I need to tell my story, but then why would people be interested in my story. I'm, I'm just an average at the time I was an average. I said like, I'm an engineer. I go to work nine to six, you know, I'm an Asian. I'm just like everyone else. Like, why would they be interested if I write a book? There's so many books there. Why would they pull the book of all the books are in Amazon or in the bookstore when there's no Amazon. <laughs> and then, so, well, you know what? I got to dream big. Well, what am I going to do? What, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do? I, I mean, I was just new in sports, which is triathlon. What can I do? But how about my, so I started thinking all those and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dream big in triathlon because I think that's what I can do right now. So what I did, I hired coaches and I put a deadline. I put a deadline. Okay. Uh, that was 2015, which is just <laughs> around the corner. Actually, I was like, okay. By the end of 2015, I'm going to retire triathlon, but I'm going to do my best this 2015. So I hired coaches, triathlon coach, registered dietitian, personal trainer, mindset coach, while I was working as an engineer. And that's when, you know, like people seeing me, like, what is she doing? That's where the feisty fox came up, uh, <laughs> came up. And because I was just like so focused, I said, because I have a deadline and I wanted to write a book. I want to make a difference. So, but then at that time, that's when I realized, you know, when I did my big race, I didn't plan for the Guinness world record, but it happened. It happened. And then I realized that, oh, I'm just starting. So, so realizing that I can actually be that person at that top of, you know, be a world record holder from not being a, really an athlete. And I started thinking like, you know what, I can do more of this to help more people to see more that we can do differently. So I was doing it for myself and with the drive that to help people. So that was the turning point that 2015, when I realized that, Hey, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm okay. And I want to help people. So those, that, that was the turning point the split that. Yeah. It's amazing to come across, as you say, with everything that you've been through to actually just that realization of, yeah. Life's okay. Yes. Yes. That was, that was very big. That was very big. I think it's more like, huh, what else can I do? <laughs> yes. So that was the realization. And like, I think it's more of like really just digging into oneself and being true to oneself. 
words is so powerful, but those words has to have a meaning and connection. You know, uh, and those are one of the things that I've learned with my coaches. Like, okay, you want to achieve that, but does it really mean something to you? Like, I mean, do you, does it make you, does that word make you feel happy? Mm. So when I, you know, when I said like, I was blessed. Oh yeah, I was blessed because I could have been in the, uh, I could have been, because I was, yeah, I was sleeping in my car for several months because I just, I was, I, you know, when I had my PTSD, I hated the world and everything else. I didn't care about myself even. And then, so I was like sleeping in the car. I could have been right. I could have been, I, I could have been this. I could have been on the, you know, like for several, uh, for several years, but I didn't, or I could have, I could have been dead by now because I was had suicidal ideations. So I could have been, so there was like, well, you know what, that I could have been, you could have, let's, let's show that. Let's show that to people that the, we have this path of whether to go this way or to go this way. What do you choose? This one could be hard, but this one seems to be a better way. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work, but I'm glad I did it. And I'm still working on myself. <laughs> That's life, right? It's yeah, no, I think, I think it's exciting actually. Mm. Yeah, I think it's exciting um, to actually learn about ourselves and to work on ourselves and at the same time meet, meet people just like you, Mighty Pete, and, you know, to learn from other people and to actually find that we can actually give value to others and how it means for others. So uh, I, I value that. I cherish those moments because we don't know what's going to happen next. To me, it's just like right now. It's what's most important. <laughs> what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I'm proud of who I am. <laughs> Going back to myself again, I'm proud who I am. Someone who's actually willing to do whatever it takes to do what I, to achieve what I value the most. So yeah, knowing uh, what my values are, and that I'm actually able to make a big difference. For example, when I made the, the second world record, I mean, it was a B, I called it beyond myself project. It's a four month project, which consisted of about 150 volunteers and having it done when there's COVID that we're experiencing right now, we were working remotely. And this is a four month project from the idea, Hey, what about if I do this and I do this world record and, and then some people say like, no, don't do that because let's do it next year because it's so hard to work right now with the COVID situation. But I continue it because I knew that this is the time that people need the most, which is, that's why I call it beyond myself project is doing for others. So I raise funds for, for nonprofit organizations for PTSD, women empowerment, for abuse and underprivileged children. So those are my, so that was my four month project. And I'm proud because I'm proud of it because I was able to execute such project in a way that actually helped more people. It got bigger than I, that I imagined, you know, when I was actually uh, the, just to give information, you know, that world record holder is actually finishing the most Ironman distance in 34 days. So again, you know, <laughs> saying about the one full Ironman is 2.4 mile, 112 mile bike and a full marathon. So I did 
total of 23 of that in 34 days. So it's the most that a female have done around the world. And uh, so that total of uh, 55 mile swim, 2,500 mile bike, and 600 miles run in 34 days. And I, was, I could have not done it without the help of the volunteers who, who put in. Volunteer sponsors, um, different organizations, and without my passion and sincerity to help the nonprofit organizations. And while I was doing that, what I'm proud of is that, and what I didn't actually know is that while I was racing, a lot of people reached out to me and told me how much the, the magnitude of what I'm doing. Because I was racing and I, you know, I would get messages from like Canada, from out, out, out of California saying that, you know, I've been following you. And because of what you're doing, I've actually started running a full marathon. I, I don't run. I hate running. But you, 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 what you're doing, I started training for this one. And then another athlete like in Pennsylvania told me, you know, me and my, my daughter is actually doing something. And I'm so glad I've been listening to you or I've been hearing, you know, in, in a group. So, and not just the, the athletes themselves. And I get emotional about this one because, and it's, it's what I want. Like I've had volunteers who's struggling with PTSD and they show up because they are in the positive community. I've had people reach out to me saying that they said, coach, because of you, I started uh, um, doing my project again, you know, or like, because of you, look, here's the children's book that I've been wanting to actually have it out there because I was, I was, because I was abused and I want other children to know how to protect themselves. And or other people who are actually saying, I don't know how you did it because they saw me in news. I, I don't know how you did it, but I'm still struggling with my with my abuse, with my PTSD. And I said, did you get professional help? And they were able to she was able to express to me, I would like that. But it's so hard with COVID. You know, they are able to express themselves. And that's you know, that's what I wanted all this time. Back in 2015, my dream is to have a voice and to actually help these people, not just as a coach, but actually people who are still struggling. And, and I'm happy and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that, that I can actually make difference. Going back how I was back then, I had no idea how to do it. But because I followed my passion and this drive that I really want, I truly, really want to help. Here are the people coming through. And, you know, the best thing actually is also another person had told me like, you know, I am so glad you're doing the project because it broke down the border or the boundaries between organizations. They used to not talk, but because of the project and because we both all have the same purpose, they started talking. <laughs> and then now they're, they get connected. Hey, maybe I can help you. And then now they're helping. And this, this is not just California. This is out of state. Those people who actually heard about the project or those people who actually heard me talking or coaching, you know, they started like 
it's amazing. It's like a domino effect within their community, within their family, within themselves. They started like, oh, I want to, I should do something or I, I think I can do it. Or maybe I don't know if I can do it, but you know what? I'm going to try. So that is what I'm proud of. <laughs> that's, I know I went long, but that's what I'm proud. Of. And I wanted to share you like examples because it's true and it's happening. And it, you know, and whenever I, I hear their story, I get, I get goosebumps, you know, I get emails, I get goosebumps and I'm like, I, I just want to share it. Like, wow. This is what I've dreamt of. It's my dream to help others and to have that big impact. That's why I'm happy I'm here with you, Mighty Pete, because I know there's a lot more people who'd hear my story. And I'm thankful of that. Yeah, I mean, that's the energy that you give off is fantastic. And I just, I mean, do you, how are you with compliments? Can you take a compliment? Oh. <laughs> ah. Sometimes I get emotional <laughs> that I said, you know, like, it's funny because like, for example, when I was, you know, I, people are saying how much they've helped me. Like, for example, when I was racing, cause I have a way to communicate with people outside. So like, it will be here. I, I was, I was cycling and they would talk to me, you know, coach, whenever, when I heard you and I told you about my, to, about you to my daughter who was abused and I start tearing up. I'm like, I have to like, because I needed to speak. So I have to, I was like, I was in tears while, psych while cycling and they're like, but it, it, it pushed me, you know, it's like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing because I was like cycling 2,500 already. <laughs> and how am I? It's my, my, my heart is just full of love and joy. And it's, I feel this warmth and I'm like, thank you for just even just sharing that because it may, it fires me up. And it just makes me like, you know what? This is what I'm doing. And I love it. I love it. And because I feel it, I just don't keep it to myself. I, I, I share it to people because I think those positivity that I'm hearing, that one can propagate and actually be distributed to a lot more people. And I'm like, oh, that is so great. I want to do that too. Because a lot of negativities, you know? So to me, you know, I do my best to like, just share the positivity that, that, thank you, even the slightest thing, it's a big thing. It's a positive vibe. So complimentary, you know, my thank you and the smile and why it matters to me big time. Uh, that's, I, 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 I cherish it. I mean, what, what did Changri La want to do when she grew up? What was the original plan? Mm. Have a, have a family, have kids. <laughs> Actually, that was that. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to have, I wanted to have this ESP wherein you can control, make, make this thing fly to another without just with the, with the mind. <laughs> I didn't think that that would be possible. But um, so that's that's what I wanted, and uh, or or that I would have, uh, I would have uh, kids. That's basically it. Just a family person. I'd never thought that I would actually reach out. Um, so when you're saying, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up, it sounded like you had a very traditional sort of oh. really follow the roots and, and do all that. Was that you or was that, where was that coming from? Our family in where I was uh, brought up. So I grew up in the Philippines and in the Philippines, basically, you know, have a family, be in school, have a family, earn a lot of money. That That's it. That's it. That's how Filipinos uh, grew up. And my, my parents are both engineers. So uh, they're big on studying. They're big on making money. And uh, 
yeah, I was I was visualizing before when I was a kid. I was just like, I want to I want to have family by uh, early 20s. I will have kids and, you know, I don't know if I'm going to work. I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to work as an engineer, but I will get my studies. <laughs> so that's how it was then. Yeah. So it's the traditional way. Um, and then when I came here in America, it's uh, yeah, it kind of changed because fast pace still making money because I was with my parents, <laughs> make money, make money. Uh, but then, you know, during my engineering, it's like, I, I was always taking a break because there are so many other things. Well, what if I can do that? There's like, there's this, this persona of me, like wanting to like come out of this, this tradition of engineer. And then like, actually kind of like rebel. <laughs> it's a rebellious part of me. Like, ah, oh, I want to be, try that one. I want to try Cause I was doing so many different things while I was actually going to school as a, uh, uh, for an engineer for when I was finishing my bachelor's in electrical engineer. Um, yeah, but that was then in school. What was your, what was your go-to subjects in school? What was your, what were you good at? Oh, I didn't know what I was good at. Unfortunately. I know I just need to finish. And it was, like I said, you know, it's like more of like what will make me money, uh, what will give me money in the long term. I didn't know that I was good at math, but that's what I ended up with. Um, yeah, I was good at math. I was good in analysis, but I was good at other things too that I didn't really, you know, like, you know, learn in school, but it was just because that's me. So creativity portion, I didn't know that I'm really good in listening and, you know, putting myself in the shoes of a person, like trying to understand them. Uh, I, I, I wish I could have done it differently, but I, when I was back in school, it was more of, you know, I, I need to be, I need to be an engineer. So anything that I need to do to be an engineer, I need to learn that. So I became good at it. I don't know if it's became or it's innate or I just learned, or I was more of like, I just got to study. But then I do know that it was not as fun. It was not like the most fun college because I was more of in the need rather than, oh, I love this. Yeah. Cause right now I'm loving what I'm doing, which is relating to how the body functions, health, you know, sports, like how can I be faster? I could have been, I could have been in physical therapy, I think, or something sports related or mental fitness, you know, or psychology, but I was an engineer, but I had no regrets because it's just the way it is. <laughs> I learned a lot anyways. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't want to just be a faster engineer then you wanted something more than that? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. What I meant is that without actually that engineer kind of like opened up of what I can do. If I didn't go to an engineer, I probably would have not realized that I'm actually good at analytical or like problem solving. So without the engineer, I would have not been the manager wherein I would be solving problems out of the box or being uh, supervising individuals who are actually much older than me uh, back then. And, you know, I would have not realized all my other potentials outside what I truly am. So it's kind of like, it, it kind of forced me to learn that side where I'm more on the other side. So, which is great because I'm now like this, like all the potentials that I can be. And then now it's more of my 
what do I really want to do? Oh, I have a lot of different candies that I can choose from. So I, I, I have no regrets. I think it's just the way it is. It's interesting. I mean, money and time, no object. What, what, what would you want to do? Which one is it, uh, Mighty Peak? Well, you're money. saying if, if money and time were no object, what would you be doing? Oh, the time. The time. I think mm. uh, to me right now, it's more freedom of, of exploration. Mm. Because when there's freedom of exploration, I know that I'm going to explore to what I'm happy or what I'm passionate about. And when I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, it actually comes through. The money's coming because you're just doing, and you're, you know, I'm like just really happy doing it also. I'm really just doing happy. Um, so what I'm doing right now is just exploring things. So, okay, what's next? What's next? You know, I mean, I can go back to engineering where there's like stable money, but then I won't be able to explore what's out there. And the good part about it is that knowing what I'm doing right now as an entrepreneur, money is lim unlimited. I mean, yeah, money is unlimited because I can just do anything and I have control of what I want to do. So that, that's what I like about it. Yeah. How has that relationship with money been over the years? Because obviously you you were saying in your childhood, it was obviously quite a big thing. It's something you wanted money, you wanted to, you know, and, and now where are you at? Money is still essential. <laughs> money is still essential because it's it's a value that we actually exchange for something else so and actually it's a value where i can help more people so that is still a driving force but it's money is not the only thing where it, it's the only oh i gotta go there because there's money it's one of the driving factors what my driving factor is that what makes me happy and it's, is it something that I really wanted to do? And then I can explore more. So, um, so yeah, so the, the, the money is still there, but it's not the absolute thing that I want. More is more, is more of actually, how can I live my life wherein I'm proud of or wherein I'm going to be happy? And, or if tomorrow is my last day, how can I live my life? You know, is it about money or is it about spending time or in time, spending time with my loved ones or spending my day to day where I'm happy? Do you, do you believe you're where you're supposed to be? As of right now? Yes. I'm sitting here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, where I'm at right now is that's all I can ask for. Uh, I've done my best. And so, so be it. Uh, this is where I'm at, but but, but the one thing that I really want to do is to continue to grow and actually help as many individuals. So I'm not stopping. Mm. Uh, mm. I'm really, I'm really committed to helping as many individuals globally and not, like I said, not just in sports in any other way that I'm, you know, that I can actually help. What's the, what's the superpower then of Feisty Fox? What is the, what's the cape for? Uh, love, love. I want to give love and yeah, love when, when, when I work with individuals, you know, like for example, my clients, my athletes, I give more than, you know, they're, they're paying for because there's love in it. It's not just about the money. I could just stop with what they paid for, but because I love and care for each individual, 
I've been doing more. And also not, it's not that I get tired of it or it's, I'm doing a less service to myself. It's just who I am. That's my superpower. And, uh, and because in a way, actually, without even asking or expecting anything, it just comes back to me. I give, oh my God, love, so much love, especially, you know, like I feel I'm getting goosebumps because I felt it so much during the second world record holder that I just did, uh, you know, completed just recently. I've never met these people, but they're giving me their time. Like, you know, for example, the world record holder, I needed medical team to be with me to actually finish that world record holder, uh, um, record, uh, world record, but they gave me time. I could be paying them money, but they gave me time, their expertise. You know, I had the registered dietitian, sports, sports doctor, chiropractor, physical therapy, and not just that. Some of them actually take off their time from work and be with me or take up time from their family or for them to actually fly, take a day off and fly to California to actually give time. And sometimes I'm like, wow, wow. So yeah, and I think it's because I'm just always true to myself, which is love. I just do, um, I just give as much as possible love. Who do you take after then, your mom or your dad? Say it again. Who do you take after, your mother or your father? Oh, oh shoot, that's hard. <laughs> that's a combination. Do I really need to choose? <laughs> you got to choose. Uh, no, I'm not joking. You don't have to choose a parent. Just yeah, does um, certain strengths come from one or other. Well, my dad is work ethic. When I was growing up, it's all my dad's fault <laughs> in a good way. You know, when I was growing up, I still remember until today, like he wanted me to wake up early in the morning. What are you doing? Why are you still sleeping in? So until now it's like sleeping in, you know, but I, I, I've changed, you know, I, I give myself more time to sleep in sometimes, but it's more of like, I got to do like, what's your goal? You know, my work ethics, uh, it's because of my dad. Uh, my mom, it's more of compassion, love. Like he, she's so giving. My mom is just so giving. And uh, yeah, compassion. That's my mom. Like just doing, you know, like selfless. And sometimes I'm like, stop giving me more, mom. Just think about yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a combination of both. It's a beautiful place to be. I mean, to have that, as you say, to be giving more love and to to be where you're at, to be able to do that. I mean, do you do you practice self care in yourself? I mean, do you find you oh, give yeah. too much? Uh, absolutely, it's important. You know, well, self care is important because if I'm doing something just because of a goal and or doing it for others and not actually taking care of myself, I can't give any more if I'm not taking care of myself. So until now, I do have that, you know, like I have buckets, okay, buckets for the business, bucket bucket for my family, and what do I do for myself? So I do that, uh, gratitude, <laughs> sometimes I do more, <laughs> sometimes I do more, I gotta do, I gotta put myself first, like I have to start with an exercise, because that makes me feel happy already. I gotta put like 15 minutes to actually just read a book, to finish an audio book, or, you know, like if I'm falling asleep, like I need to take a walk or take a nap in the middle of the day. And actually self-care part of it is actually being with my dog, being with my family. 
kind of like give, being with others still. But yeah, those are a little of my self-care. I have done, like, for example, um, I have a list. I have a list of things. Because sometimes, let's just say, you know, I'm in a stress mode. I'm in a stress mode. When I'm in a stress mode, it's so hard to think. <laughs> negative, negative, negative. <laughs> so what I would do is just, I look at that list of my self-care. And then like, okay, which one can I do? Which I'm, I'm most connected to. I have to be connected because sometimes those self-care, those words doesn't mean anything if I'm not connected to it. So it could be as simple as just possibly just dancing. That's it. Or just having a cup of coffee. So just simple as that. But to me, that's self-care. And they're like, and then breathe. <laughs> so yeah, I do that. It's, it's, it's important especially for me who actually had a horrible past, those negativities still comes up. And that's why I, you know, I told her, I said earlier, like I'm still working on myself. I'm still taking care of myself. And that's part of it. Are you, do you find you're able to actually monitor your own um, mindset and, and where you're at, or do you need to reflect on to somebody else? I mean, do you, you know, do you need coaches? Do you need to be surrounded? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, well, definitely I have my spouse to help me out, you know, like when it comes up, take a walk. Uh, I do have coaches, especially when I know that I'm onto something big or something scary or something that I know that I could fall apart, you know, uh, like for example, the, the world record that I was, uh, that I'm aiming, that I aimed for and finished. When I committed to it, like, for example, the very beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, God, this one's going to come up. So much stress and so much negativity because I was aiming. Uh, I aimed for 34 days. I aimed for 34 days and 34 days, considering the training, the main my main concern was actually time. Will I have time? What, what are those that's going to come up? Definitely stress. And then when you're, when I'm stressed, you know, like old emotions, I'm probably might not be in control. I need to be in control of that. My mindset got to be in control. Will I drop the other areas in my life? You know, will I be okay with that? Failure is one thing. So in the very beginning, I contacted uh, coaches um, and then to make sure that I mean, uh, I'm on point and I did. And, you know, so I was, I was on the call for a weekly a basis on a weekly basis, email. And for example, I, when I published uh, my first book, I also have a coach on that because there'll be like all these struggles, roller coasters. I don't think I would have done the things that I've achieved or where I'm at right now. Just simple as for having a very good time management without coaches, because to me, I cannot do it myself. I have to learn from other people who are actually expert of those uh, and I've been doing that and I'm glad I've done that uh, because the uh, results are much faster. Are you, in, in terms of motivating you, is it a, is it a carrot or a stick situation? Which do you respond to best? Oh, uh, to whom people, like, how do I get myself motivated? Yeah. To yourself. I mean, I don't know if you, you know, we talk about a carrot or a stick. Some people need to be chased essentially. Some people oh, I see, incentivized. I see, I see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first, you know, when I commit to something, I, it has to be the right thing to commit to. So meaning that I have... How do you feel that of interest? I mean, when you say commit to how do you know that it's the right thing for you? Oh, so it's first, it comes up with an idea. Oh, I think that's a great idea. And then the next thing, 
Uh, maybe not. There's a lot of questions. Maybe not. I don't think so. Will I, will I be okay with that? Can I actually sustain being in action several days or several months? And then I sit on it and then I start talking about it to other people first, especially to my family first, to my spouse. Uh, and then if positive, and then I sit on it. Because the thing about me, what I know about me is that when I commit to something, I give 100% over and beyond like i will do whatever it takes and that could be scary at times because you know it, it takes a lot of my energy so i have to be you know like really have to weigh all the things what's going to happen to the other things that i have so um yeah so to commit i have to commit when first and when i commit to it it's not a straight path i need to have it in place in schedule so that's where, you know, this structured way of working from an engineer, I have to be, you know, things structured. So at least I know there's a high chance that I would succeed. That's great. I mean, I, I love that, that sort of process. It sounds like it's more, okay, not, you're not lacking in enthusiasm, you're not lacking in ideas. It's more a case of, okay, is this, is this possible for <laughs> question mark? Yeah. Visibility first, visibility, because I, I, I mean, because the thing is that I have to be realistic also. I cannot just jump into things because <laughs> I know my head because it could go like so adventurous and explore so much because a lot of the things that I've achieved is something that I thought I never would, but I still did it. But I would only do that if I've already, you know, like I committed first, first commitment. And the next thing is strategy and planning. And the third thing is execution. All throughout those times when I'm doing that, I always ask myself, okay, are there any other ways to get there? And I'm, am, am I still happy? So, you know, it's always checking, checking, checking. And then um, if it's not the same goal, then that's when I have to like, okay, am I going to be okay to drop this one? Or no, 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 no. Maybe there's other ways to get there. So I, I there's, you know, pros and cons balancing uh, and I have to do that. Did your partner get a look in or is the decision already made by the time it gets to him? Oh, no. So, well, when, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, so Vineta is my wife. So she has to buy in. First of all, if I have an idea, especially if it's a big one, I have to talk to her. <laughs> she's, she's actually stricter. You know, when actually one of the things that I've done in the past, which was crazy, I thought at the time was when um, I was an engineer and then I was like, you know what? I think I should be a chef. <laughs> I think I should be a chef. This one is after finishing my master's degree already. I think I should go to Le Cordon Bleu because I need, I need to be in the best school. <laughs> so, so, you know, so I have to like, and then when I proposed to her, I'm like, is that what you really want? I'm like, oh, she's entertaining my idea. I'm like, okay, there's hope. Okay, show me the spreadsheet. How do you think we're going to be okay? You know, and then, so tell me the numbers, tell me them, you, you know, so I have to like, so she's stricter, but then what I like about it is that um, she's very open to not just about money, but it's about what I really want to do and what I love and what I'm happy about. And so from there, you know, I knew that because I was able to explore things that that I wouldn't be satisfied unless I actually try it and experience it and tell myself, oh, you know what? I did that part. 
it didn't work out, let's move on. But I'm glad I did it because I had a great time. I had fun. <laughs> That's amazing to have that to, you know, to almost be able to explore till you find your passion. It, yeah, to, to some, like, for example, the conventional way, if I tell that to my parents, they'll be like, well, they did. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing that? There's no money in there. Uh, but I'm stubborn in a way like that because I mean, I hear it, I hear it, but then I respect it. But then at the same time, it just comes to naturally, like I got to do it because it's going to bug in my head that, Hey, what if you, you have to be that person and you're not doing it, you're going to regret it. So I had to do it. And, uh, and I did, so I did try. Um, yeah. Cause it's going to, bug me big time because there was another time where in you know what if i should be an artist because i have a talent <laughs> so i actually did i i went to uh masters of fine arts i i applied for it i i gave my portfolio you know i have this all of this art stuff and then they accepted me and i was like i had i felt good i felt good of actually carrying that art stuff and actually drawing there's you know like the the life you know, so, and there were so many things that I tried because I, what if I should be that? And I'm glad I did because now, now that I found myself where I was, where it's, I'm just naturally, which is mostly important to me because that signifies like, okay, I'm happy. You know, now that I know, Hey, this is me. I'm a full-time coach and I'll do it. And I'll use all my experience in the past to be the best coach that I could be. Do you, I mean, so you're saying fine art, I mean, is that pencil work? Is that, what is that? Yeah. So, uh, well, fine arts, well, it's a combination of different medium basically. Okay. So, you know, there could be painting, uh, different medium where, where I, when I, where I came in, it's more of a life form. So I was, uh, I don't know now if I'm still good at it because I'm, I don't practice it, but I was good at drawing, uh, with using a charcoal, charcoal pencil. So more of a life form more of the realistic portion. So, yeah, so I was, I was good at it. I don't know now. I have not mm. drawn. <laughs> mm. In terms then of, you know, future pacing. Like, I love. Saying, in, ter in terms of future pacing, I mean, do you, do you visualize then? I mean, is that, does that creative place go, go work for you? Uh, I think, yeah, the creative now, what I feel about that is my ideas. My ideas are very creative. Like it's out of nowhere. So, you know, like no one, like the, the recent one that I did the world record, you know, like it was like, oh, what if, what if I have a race here? What if I do the swim, bike and run here in California? I mean, no one would do that. I mean, I think, well, no one had done it on a, co you know, during COVID where everything's hard. What if I do this in 34 days or Guinness world record um, or problem solving? I'm very creative in problem solving. Others would be like, you know what? That's the only way and that's where to go. But to me, it's more of a, it's more of a being resourceful and creative. How can we get to the result the fastest way? Cause I, you know, there's the impatient. <laughs> so, so in a good, in a good way, I use the impatient. How can we get there on a fast way? Cause there are, I read a lot of books, but then that's not black and white. There's like loopholes. So that's what my athletes love because I get them to their where they want in a safer, 
and ha- being happy we're in like oops let's go there because i use the creativity as well at the same time when you're coaching i mean what what do you think is i mean what is the main thing to be coaching i mean is it is it physical presence is it mindset is it goal setting i mean what well, maybe it's all of them is it i don't know yeah no good question actually that's that's what i actually taught in one of the in this book that i've co-authored a million dollar story uh in here i coach the five-step formula in um in the way i coach five-step formula basically it includes physical training nutrition body maintenance and i term the body maintenance just like you know what you do like you're brushing your teeth which is you know, for you to be actually injury free. Um, and then so fourth is race strategy. And then next is mental fitness. So I have to, I have to make sure that that one is addressed. Otherwise, um, I don't believe that it's not going to either the athletes not going to be happy or we're not going to get the result. So those five needs to be addressed. Mm. I mean, is that equal weighting amongst those, or are they all sort of interdependent as well? Uh, they're all in, they're all intertwined, so they need to be done. Um, some athletes are stronger than the you know on one area. Some you know they really need help, and honestly, I would say ninety five percent just think it's all about training. <laughs> you know, like I have to remind them. You know what? That's why you you get hurt because you don't do the body maintenance, which is the injury prevention, the strength training, the rest, recovery. They just like they think that working hard, there's just train, train, train without resting is good enough. But the body needs to recover. So uh, or some of them, they think that they already have a good mindset. But no. No, you know, and I, I see that while I talk to them, there's like this block that's preventing them to go to the next level. And I knew that because that's how I was back then. I'm like, and until now, I still need, you know, mental fitness. All this once, it's a learning process. Uh, but definitely those five things need to be uh, addressed. Um, whenever you're actually, you know, working through that, do you, you know, you talk about you can see that what's holding them back. I mean, is that just experience, or what? What? How? Where does that come from? That intuition. Good question. Uh, it's it's because of you know that's why that's why I always say I'm glad I had my past. Without without my past, I wouldn't be the way I am. Hmm. Other coaches won't pick that up because you know they cannot relate to me. I came from like all this messed up mindset, <laughs> all this messed up mindset. I just, I don't think I need to live right now. I'm not important, all those things. But the great part about it, ever since I got the help from behavioral therapist, psychiatrist, registered dietitian. And the next thing is that now, once I get over my past, there's this life coaches of different areas. I ask them questions. Cause I was so curious and guess what? It's not about my life. You know, they start telling me stories, of course, not mentioning their clients, but they telling me their stories, their experience. And I learn from that. But sometimes some of them, I get so hungry because they tell me something and I got curious, like, Oh, she told me something about that. Let me read up more of it. So now I read 
and then I research and then I learn more. Um, and I'm so, because of my past, as I said, I'm more in, I, I was so in tune to like pleasing other people and how to please people. I have to understand them. So as a kid, I was already starting to do that, like trying to listen and understand and being so mindful of what they want. And actually I was giving that to when I was a kid already by not speaking, which is, I thought that was a solution. So all throughout the years of that, and then now, you know, combining with the success that I've had for myself and the successes of other clients, then I combined them all that. And I really, yeah. So because of my past and the experience that I've had, I've been able to actually dig into those mindset, the blocks that my athletes are having, um, because I had them, I had them and I'm still having them. And what's good about me is that I know that there's a lot more that I need to improve. So, and I've learned to be vulnerable. So I express, and that helps them to actually open up that express and that helps them to open up to me and I'm able to help more. And because I'm so I'm so giving with the love and they can feel that I care, then that opens up more. And then, so now their my vulnerability com uh, uh, combined with their vulnerability and what I know in the past combined with my experience as an athlete and as a coach and coaching different athletes of different personalities, different goals, like they're, we're getting the result together. So those help big time. I'm so glad actually. Yeah. All those, cause I, I did went to rehab a couple times uh, for my alcohol addiction. And during that time I dig, you know, we dig into different things. I talk to people we are in, they're also struggling all this negativities, all this chatter in their mind. And then we talk and then, you know, we work on it as a team. I mean, not as a team, more of as a group in the rehab in eating disorder, I saw people or like in, when I was, you know, uh, when I was going through with my PTSD, those are combination of real experience. And, uh, and I know their gifts to how I've become as a coach. Well, I mean, there's, there's so, there's so much, so much mm -hmm. of a journey there, really. I, I mean, out of all that, I mean, where do you lie in terms of nature versus nurture? I mean, how oh. much? <laughs> Nature versus nurture. Uh, yes. I'm a combination. Because, uh, you know, just like an engineer, I didn't think I was. Yeah, it was more of. Yeah, I had to I had to kind of like, quote unquote, force myself into it. So when I do that, the, there's this discs, D-I-S-E-S, personality. You know, my, my wife was like, whoa, you're like high on all except for this one. <laughs> actually, the, the lowest one is someone who's actually looking at the, uh, the rules because <laughs> I break the rules. <laughs> but the rest, like creativity, anal uh, analysis or being good with people, I was, I'm high on it. <laughs> and, um, and I said to, I had said to her, you know, because I learned to actually develop those skills. Others are just one area. So, um, I'm both, which is, I'm glad it was hard, but I'm glad. That's well, a beautiful way to have it to actually, you know, to be able to just even give yourself an opportunity to see what you're capable yeah. of. And 
I know. I am so glad. That's why I don't regret, you know, that I went to engineering because I'm actually using it pretty much all that time. And I'm so, also glad that my, my wife is, you know, she has that high and that, <laughs> that the not to take risks so much because now I can stop. Oops. Yeah, you're right. I'm taking too much higher risk because <laughs> that's what I'm low at, which is natural. <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, when you, when you actually, you know, putting yourself out there, I mean, do you, you know, it sounds like you have some strengths and certain, certain activities you just give away saying that's just not me. I mean, do you, are you able to uh, divvy that up? Uh, let me see. That's a good question. And it's a hard act question, actually. I don't know. I have not thought of it. Uh, what are you saying? Like, what have I given up? Yeah, it's, it's, it's understanding sometimes that just because you're good at it doesn't mean that's your oh. passion or. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I have had those. I've had those. I delegate them. You know, there are things that I'm, you know, I'm really good at it, but do I wish to actually not do it? Yeah. <laughs> and I delegate it. Uh, so I, I hire team members to actually do them for me just because I just, I just wanted to be happy. Um, it does require some effort because I can be like having high expectations and I want them to do the same the way I do it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I come to those things. Yes. Yes. Take me through then in terms of the Guinness record, well, the second Guinness record now as well. I mean, what was that like? I mean, that is was it intended that you planned to go and get the Guinness record? I mean, and, and or was it just oh, sort of come about? Yeah. Well, it's, um, well, the first one wasn't planned, but it happened. And then, so now I have an experience. Oh, I didn't plan for it, but I know how I did it. And I, I know how I felt and I know the effect of it. Sure. It's great that people know that uh, I'm a Guinness world record, but you know, the main thing that actually I got from it the very first time in 2015 is the mindset and the experience of how I've transformed, realizing that I'm actually capable of something meant a lot to me. You know, uh, we're in, I'm ever since then, like I'm here, like excellence. I have to put my best out there. And I realized that that's me. Um, how is it like to be a world record holder? Before, when I first got it, it was a lot of pressure. I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to having this spotlight on me. No, never. I was like, it was a lot of pressure that I have to perform all the time. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure. But then throughout ever since then, that's one of the things that I actually had to work on being really vulnerable and being okay with it, being okay to, to come out that I'm, I'm not always my best either. And I'm happy that I've actually learned how to be vulnerable because I can be imperfect and I'm okay with that. And that's the best thing on the, this next, uh, on this recent world record, you know, my athletes have seen me on my lowest point. And guess what? They're the one who was actually telling me what to do. And I appreciate that. I'm like, I trained you well. <laughs> because, you know, like I was, you know, like 34 days, 34 days, or at least almost about four months. You know, I can't do everything. I was asking help. 
and to me to ask help, I, you know, I say, well, I really need help. I can't do it. I can't do it. So a lot of them stepped up and, you know, like, or like just performing, for example, just simply performing the sport. I was tired. I was fatigued. And there were times that I was at low point. Like I just want <laughs> one of my, one of my athletes actually asked me, so how do you, how do you feel right now? But she, you know, so she's one of my leaders. How do you feel right now? So how do I feel right now? I just wanted to throw my bike. I've been like here on the bike. <laughs> so, I, and then, so she started talking to me and then she start, 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 started talking to me, like what I would tell her. And I, I was so proud of it that, oh, she can talk to me, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I, I'm really happy about that. Where do you sit in terms of religion versus spirituality and that side? I mean, is it coming sure. to play for you? Uh, well, when I, I grew up, I was, uh, I practiced Catholicism. So I was a Catholic. In fact, I actually, uh, back in, let me see, in high school, I was, I was in an all girls school where in nuns and priests are the, you know, mostly my teachers. So it was like very Catholic and my, my dad wanted to go to church every Sunday on Christmas. There's this, uh, several nights where we go to church, we, we prayed rosary. Um, so very, very religious. It came to when I was sexually assaulted at 24 years old, when I dropped that, um, that religion, it was actually a lot of blame, meaning that at 24 years old, when I was sexually assaulted, wherein all my past came back to me and I asked, why me again? And that was like, there's no God. So it came to like, you know, like very religious when I was growing up and then, uh, you know, going through the abuse and then sexual assault. Why me again? There's no God. It's all about. Eh. I didn't care about life. So there was no God. And then, but then, you know, there's the 10 years of transformation or finding myself when I went to rehab, then there's this higher power, spiritual, that I can't do my own. And that opened up for me to kind of like, all right, there is high power. There's higher power. So I believe in a higher power. I'm spiritual in a way that, you know, I feel uh, I show gratitude and that, or that, wow, this is meant to be to so the universe, the higher power. And I always look at that like signs of like, okay, I think it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be the higher power wants me to do this one, or I have a purpose. This is my purpose. So that's how I see it. I'm not the same as more of a, in, in terms of religious, I don't practice. I don't practice the Catholicism. Uh, I'm sure my parents won't like that, <laughs> but I am the way I am, but I, I still, I definitely respect religion of others. Um, spirituality. Yes. Uh, that's something that I believe that, you know, I can't do it on my own without the higher power. Oh, I lost you. I can't hear you. There you go. <laughs> In terms of, um, you know, how would you say, I mean, if, you know, if I was asked if you, do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? Where do you sit there? I love myself for the most part, because <laughs> there is still something, you know, but for the most part, it's like 98%. Oh, I love myself. I love myself. I have to love myself. Uh, 
uh, yeah, there's a lot of love because I can't give more if I don't love myself. Uh, do I always love myself? No, of course not. I'm, 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 I'm only human. Sometimes I just don't like myself, you know, but that's when I, you know, tap on my coaches. That's when I tap on the relationship that I have there. There is this one. Oh, I just don't like myself right now, but I don't want to be here for a long time. I got to get out. <laughs> you know, there's, there, there are still those moments and, uh, you know, it's a continuous effort on my part. Yeah. But overall, I love myself and I'm glad yeah, I'm glad where I am. I'm in a good place. That's great. <laughs> where do you sit in terms of leisure and pleasure? What's your what's your go-to? Okay, so that one, that's something that I have been working, actually. Yeah, that's that's something that I've been working. So for example, I know that I've that we've worked so hard this year. You know, like I we wanna try we wanna do our best to actually give our time for ourselves. So for example, definitely have a day off not working every day because I was doing that uh, day off time for the family. So all those, you know, it's, it's, it's there. Uh, I set on the schedule. I made the, I make sure I visit my parents once a week. If not call them, I make sure that we take days off and we're not working and just being out there. We're doing nothing. I've learned how to, stay in bed and do nothing, <laughs> which was really hard for me, which was really hard for me. Uh, I've learned to be okay, not to be productive at times, because in the past I would be like really rigid. Oh, I'm not productive. Where did the time go? You know, I it was so bad that it was messing me up because it was like going down um, and just pretty much exploring exploring what else is out there besides work. Cause before I'd be only happy if I'm working and uh, that's not a good thing, mm. especially when I, you know, when I, when I was an engineer, it was much easier because, okay, Monday to Friday, I'm an engineer. And when I'm not an engineer at night, I could do anything. And then on weekends I could do something else. Uh, but then ever since I became an entrepreneur, you know, back then, especially when I was starting, Oh, I worked so hard like there's no rest <laughs> there's no rest i'm like figure things out you know because i started from zero and uh, but then i learned also that i was actually going down i was getting depressed i was just work 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 i even like missed christmas you know i was just working and that wasn't good so i you know i i make my self uh, you know like make sure that i take those breaks that makes sense what's yeah. a What's a guilt-free, guilty pleasure for you then? Oh, <laughs> honestly, just the simple doing nothing, doing nothing, uh, or just enjoying a very good meal. It's kind of hard right now because there's no sitting down in the restaurants, especially here in California, because there's safer at home. So um, I wish there'll be more, but just simple living of life. Yeah. What's your go-to on the food then? Where where do you sit? That one, <laughs> yummy. Well, I think of like very good salmon. I'm just like some ice cream after that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, walk at the beach. So just those little pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. Where is your where is your point of you know calm down or isolation? And you know, if you need to go away and think and clear the head, is it are you a water sort of a person or where do you go? 
um, go to the beach, go to the trail, be with myself. I love the trail. I love the mountains. I love the nature. I wish I could turn, um, I could do that on my day off, turn off the internet. <laughs> That's something that I'm working on uh, at Big night. Switch. Just, <laughs> yeah, just switch off and not think about my athletes because I love my work so much. It's, sometimes it's not really work at all, which is great, you know, because I sometimes they're just my friends, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, but I do my best just to not think about anything as much as possible. Being with my wife is the best thing. Mm. I love that. You know, it's, it's, as you say, it's just spending time and, and sort of being nothing more. Yeah. 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 We're, st just... we're still learning of other things really. Cause like I said, you know, being an entrepreneur can be tough, uh, in terms of like finding pleasure. Uh, but we want to like explore more. So, you know, we let ourselves like, you know what, we really have to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is balance, right? It's always balance. It's, it has to be. It has to be. Yeah, how to do it. Thomas, what's a what's a weird talent or something that you have that not many know about? Um weird talent actually is that I can actually just go on and on without stopping when I for example, uh, in sports. And I don't think everyone know about it because I'm just so out. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I could just uh uh, when I come up with crazy ideas, uh, that's, that's a talent of mine. That's just like sporadic out of nowhere. Uh, it could be different things. Uh, yeah. For example, I just, I would just run without using a, a car and I I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Some others like, why, why do you do that? Or like, for example, you know, I just cycled across America as an adventure that was only July from California to the other side, from West coast to East coast. And to me, that's an adventure. So that's, I, I to me, that's a talent actually, <laughs> just to be able to actually really embrace what I love to do. And just to have this crazy ideas, just to be, to do that. Do you, do you actually enjoy cycling, swimming and running? Oh yeah. Now, <laughs> now, you know, uh, I do. And I do that by just finding different, different places that I have not explored. I love it. And that's, that's actually a drive driver for me to be traveling. So for example, without the sport, I would have not gone to like uh, Switzerland or like Russia. I did uh, in back in 2017, I was one of the first two females to participate to the uh, Red Bull Trans-Siberian Extreme. That was my first time ever to be in Russia. And actually there's, uh, yeah, uh, so we started in Siberia. And so because of the sports, I was able to, to explore other things, to visit the culture, the people. I think those are amazing things. And I'm glad I did it. If I wasn't, if I'm not an athlete or if I didn't even like try to get there and I'm an engineer, now nah, I'll just be working. I'll just be working. So, um, yeah. It's a great place to be. So tell us, I mean, fire in the belly in one or two words. What's, what's your fire in the belly then? Uh, what's my friend? I'm sorry. So what's, <laughs> what's your fire in the belly in one or two words? Oh, what's my fire in the belly? <sighs> Dreaming big. I wish I could stop myself because sometimes it's, I'm just, 
I'm always dreaming big, <laughs> but it's just the way I am. Where I say, I wish I can stop myself. I don't know. I don't. Sometimes I don't wish that. Yeah, it is the way I am. It's the fire. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, uh, it's just natural. <laughs> but yeah, just the dreaming biggest me. Love the it. dreams that's that I want to be doing something that I've never thought I would. And when I when I say I'm, when that idea of actually that dream comes up, ooh, I'm gonna go after it. <laughs> so what's what's coming up for you then that's that you can uh, talk about anyway what's 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 yeah, in the future uh, well yeah so as i mentioned uh, you know the documentary film uh it's coming out hopefully uh we're aiming for next year 2021 Brilliant. um there's a couple of books coming out there's a couple of books and uh priority wise i do hope one of them will come out next year end of the year um there's there's so many different things, but those are the main things. Um, having a child is the main thing that will come out too. <laughs> come out of my belly, <laughs> the fire in the belly will be a baby. So uh, definitely uh, continue helping as many individuals. I'm not satisfied of just helping like just California. I want global. So I want global. I want to be out there. Uh, when a person say Shangri-La Rendon, I want I want the person knows that and you know what I what's my message, you know who 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 is Shangri-La and I want them to see that it's she's someone who never quits and she's someone who actually live out of passion out of happiness so she can help other people. So I want that. Love it, love it. Tell us where can people hunt you down, track you down, follow you, talk you, learn more, hear more. Oh, yeah, I'm actually all over. Um, so my website, it's shangrilarendon.com. I'll just spell it S-H-A-N-G-R-I-L-A-R-E-N-D as in dog, O-N.com. So shangrilarendon.com. So that's my main website. Um, there's the, uh, the coaching also, Feisty Fox Coaching dot com so feisty fox coaching.com but i'm i have my facebook fan page i have my facebook business page linkedin i also have my own podcast feisty fox fire instagram youtube and the book message messenger <laughs> i'm out there so those those different areas because i want people to reach out anytime to me, uh, I read all the messages. Although my, uh, although we're growing, exp you know, exponentially, uh, I still do my best to actually read them because, you know, as I said, I want to be in touch with as many individuals as much as possible. Love it, love it. The final message you'd like to leave with people? <sighs> Go after your dream and just basically embrace yourself, whoever you are whether you like it or not, because <laughs> that's what I did. It's going to come out and embrace yourself because who you are will get you to the most, the happiest, the most fulfilling life that you could ever ask for. Yeah. Embrace yourself. Love it.
Jean Glass, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you and wish you all the best for all the, the uh, fantastic hey. new adventures coming up. Thank you so much, Mighty Pete. And I would look forward to be working with you more, talking to you more. I appreciate it. And to everyone who's listening or watching this, thank you so much, everyone. And I hope you got a lot from it. And don't hesitate to uh, contact me because I'm really about helping you, helping as many individuals. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Changla. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.